like Tini said, we've been doing a Greatest Hits series. <laughs> and today is my turn, and I get to talk about Joseph. Uh, this has one of, been one of my favorite stories, obviously, since I was little. Um, I grew up in church, and uh, so I heard all the, I went to Sunday school and had all the Sunday school stories, and I was, I have to tell you, I was, when I first started thinking about how to, you know, what to talk about Joseph, I was very, very tempted to bring a flannel board up here. I don't know if anybody remembers flannel boards. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, that would be so weird. That would be such a nerd thing to do. <laughs> but I, I just, I felt like this kind of tug a little bit to just bring some nostalgia back a little bit. Um, so, yes, I learned about Joseph from flannel boards. And, um, and uh, those, that's where it was um, our visuals. But... So yeah, I, I, you know, I learned about Noah, I learned about Jonah and the whale, I learned about Joseph and all these different things, but his story just really, um, I don't know, it kind of stuck with me, and it's always kind of stuck with me, and um, so it was, uh, you know, it, it was really a cool thing to, to go back, and I'm 30-something years old, I don't know, <laughs> and I haven't read the stories in a while, the story in a while, and it's really interesting going back and reading a story that you haven't read in a while through, like, your very wisdom-filled adult eyes, you know. <laughs> and uh, so that was a really, really cool for me to do. So hopefully something from his story will kind of shake you up today. So Joseph, uh, if you don't know, is one of the few characters that is you know, as far as what's recorded in the Bible, if you read through his story, it's, um, you know, it's 13 chapters almost. <laughs> uh, a good chunk of Genesis is dedicated to Joseph's story because a lot happens. And, um, but what's interesting is, is when you read over his story, what's recorded in the Bible, as far as we know, he is pretty faultless, <laughs> uh, which was like, okay, this is interesting, you know, because you have, you know, Jonah ran away, you know, Abraham was a drunk, and all these different kind of men of God that we hear about or, you know, read throughout the Old Testament and even the, in the New Testament, you know, the disciples were just like a mess, and so it's like, okay, <laughs> really everyone, <laughs> everyone's a mess, which is very relatable, right, but it's like Joseph, you know, he... He, he he made all the right decisions. He he did all the he did all the right things as far as we know, as far as what's recorded about him, and you know all the different uh, uh, you know kind of milestones in his life that are recorded in the Bible. You know he he doesn't succumb to the temptation of sleeping with a married woman. He doesn't take revenge on his brothers that tried to kill him. He doesn't start worshiping all the other gods of Egypt. You know, which he had every opportunity to sometimes, you know, and even some actions he would be justified in, you know, because of what happened to him in his life. It's like, well, of course he would want to get revenge. His brothers were terrible people. <laughs> and so it's like just reading a story, it's like almost annoyingly perfect, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's just, okay, <laughs> how in the world am I supposed to relate to him? So, uh just to, just to, I want to, if you haven't heard the story of Joseph, I, I didn't really want to read 13 whole chapters of the Bible that we'd be here, you know, all afternoon. 
So I want to give you a quick overview <laughs> of his life and give you some context of where his story falls in line with um, other um, people in the Bible. So starting in Genesis 37, um, we, we arrive, we see Joseph at 17, and um, he's telling his brothers about these, like, strange dreams that he's having. Now, Joseph is the son of Jacob, which it goes, you know, Abraham was, you know, uh, given the uh, prophecy by God, or the, he was given the covenant by God so that his seed will, you know, be the nation of Israel and all this other stuff. So it was Abraham, and then Abraham had Isaac, and then through Isaac um, uh, was Jacob. And Jacob was, uh, his name was changed to Israel and all this other stuff. So um, Joseph is one of the 12 sons of Jacob. So, who later then became the 12 sons of Israel, uh, or the 12 tribes of Israel, sorry, the 12, tri 12 tribes of Israel, and uh, jo Joseph was born when Jacob was actually like 100 years old, anybody 100 years old in this room, thank you, <laughs> maybe we don't want to admit to it, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, so nobody, I mean, so there's some people that live to 100 around here, but that's very rarely seen, so Imagine having a baby, uh, you just had a baby, imagine you being 100 years old and having little Ledger <laughs> at home, <laughs> right? Oh, big, big stuff. Um, so yeah, Jacob was about 100 years old and jo Joseph was number 11 of the 12. Um, and his older brothers actually developed this like major, major hatred for Joseph because Jacob made it very, very obvious how much he loved Joseph, right? And if, if you've heard me preach before, I like visuals, so I got a lot of pictures. Because so, I couldn't have my flannel board, so I got pictures. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jacob gave this beautiful, you know, robe to, him, to Joseph. And, you know, it was kind of a thing of almost royalty in, in their eyes because, you know, it was very colorful. It was given by his father, who is just this, you know, you know, very patriarch of the family. It was a very prominent family. So out of all 12 sons, Joseph was the only one that got this. So this hatred was, you know, uh, 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 intense, <laughs> to say the least. So Joseph, but Joseph, for some reason, at 17, decides to tell his brothers about this dream, these dreams that he has. And they take this, their, his dreams, as meaning that he will rule over them at some point, that they'll bow down to him at some point. And, I mean, that just kind of fanned the flame, right? It's like, okay, Joseph, what were you thinking? Really? Like, really? <laughs> Why did you do this? Why did you tell your brothers about this dreams that you're having? Like, like, you can't be that naive, right? But actually this, like, that one act kind of started this, like, domino effect of, uh, of everything that happened in his life and through the nation of Israel and actually completely changed the entire trajectory just because Joseph was excited about a dream he had and he shared it, <laughs> which is intense. So... Uh, his brother's hatred grew to a stage that um, they wanted to kill him. They're just like, okay, he's, we're done. <laughs> he needs to go. And um, 
but somehow, like, his older brother, Reuben, and, his, and another brother uh, saw through their hatred and were like, okay, let's not kill him. Let's do something else. And it's really interesting that Dale actually brought up um, uh, being in a pit because Joseph was actually thrown in a pit. He was thrown in a very deep well. Uh, they didn't have any water, but he was thrown in a pit because his brothers didn't want to kill him and feel guilty for that, so instead they just got rid of him. And uh, they were like, let's just tell our father that he was eaten or whatever. And um, then uh, they got an idea, another idea. They're, you know, full of really good ideas lately. And so <laughs> they sold him into slavery. And uh, they saw this opportunity, they capitalized on it, and they're like, okay, so to make sure there's not a body in the well... Let's just get rid of the body. Let's just get rid of Joseph. Get him completely just out of here. Let's get him out of here. And so we're not killing him, so that's okay, but we're still getting rid of him. So win-win, <laughs> right? Um, and then from this point of uh, getting sold into slavery by his brothers, uh, Joseph lands in this the house of this Egyptian uh, uh guard. He's essentially a guard, um, but he's very high up in the rankings of the military and everything like that. He's very prominent, wealthy uh, man that Joseph got sold to. His name was Potiphar, and uh, he was actually only there about um, a year, it seems like, and uh, if you know the story, we know kind of what happened with that, but something you might not know is a little detail that I was actually surprised to find out that how, how much uh, influence that Joseph had ended up, he actually ended up being promoted in Potiphar's house within that year to being like second in command. He was in charge of Potiphar's property and he, he, he was given everything. He, he was in charge of the land, of the house, of the... He, he was second in command to, to Potiphar within a year. <laughs> he found favor, and he was, you know, um, promoted. And from just a, you know, 17, 18-year-old, he was probably 18 years old when he landed in Potiphar's house. And so through Joseph's actions and his attitude and things that he said, whatever it was, this Hebrew boy was given charge over this man's, estate, basically. Um, and, but of course, that goes south. <laughs> uh, hit the wife of Potiphar, you know, decides uh, Joseph is looking pretty good, and he, she is probably bored, you know, the, you know, the housewife, and the, you know, we see that thing on TV, and um, it's, it's not a new thing. <laughs> it happened way long ago, too. So she tries to get him in bed with her, and Joseph says no, and, well, she just didn't like that at all. So he was uh, falsely accused and thrown in jail. Joseph was, you know, about 19 years old, and he was thrown in jail because of um, jealousy and uh, uh, wanting, to, wanting to him to do something that he knew he shouldn't do. And such an interesting thing is just, like, Joseph is just thrown in these situations, right? He's just thrown in these situations, and he's just like, 
I I can imagine. I like. I wish we knew. Like, I wish we could get inside Jesse's head and be like, you know, what is he thinking? How is he processing these things? But what what's shown in the Bible is that he (laughs) is uh, he he responds. The way that he responds to things is is in kindness, and and he never wavers in his faith. He is in Potiphar's house in this in this man this Egyptian man's house and who knows what he's experienced and seen and and his faith in God never wavers, right? And so he's thrown into jail. He's thrown he's about he's there about twelve let me find a picture. Thanks. He's there about twelve years in jail. And um, also again while he was in jail he didn't, he, he, we hear a lot that he interpreted the dreams of the two men, which are pictured there. But at this point, he was actually head over all of the prisoners in the prison. <laughs> he was like head prisoner. I don't know what it was technically called. But like he was, it was like the warden and then Joseph. It's like, and so he had charge. He was a prisoner still, but he had charge over all the other prisoners like, okay, I see a trend happening here. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Joseph's life was, you know, kind of a roller coaster, right? Um, and he's doing everything right. He keeps ending up in these weird situa- situations, but he keeps, you know, doing everything right somehow. He is faithful to God. He is following his master's orders. He's not succumbing to temptation. And yet he, you know, he kind of still ends up in these kind of sticky situations. But, you know, something that we kind of as a, you know, as a staff, we read these, read these different articles and something that kind of clicked for me in, in this point for Joseph's life was that, you know, we, we, like, what do what do toxic people hate the most? They hate healthy people, right? So, you know, Joseph's brothers were very toxic, so they got rid of him. Potiphar's wife was toxic, so she got rid of him. <laughs> you know, um, and it was just like these th- these people that Joseph is surrounded by. He's just getting beat on and beat on and beat on, and Joseph remains like this healthy, spiritually, emotionally healthy sort of man and uh, with integrity and carries himself with integrity and people, people see that and people recognize it and they either respond very negatively or they respond very positively. So it's very interesting to think about, right? And how applicable to our lives can that be, right? So Joseph was elevated, and he found favor in every single place he inhabited throughout his life. He was elevated to favorite son by his father. He was given full responsibility of everything in Potiphar's house, and he was even and he was promoted to watch over all the prisoners. And then the the what is that? Pièce de résistance. He was second in command over all of Egypt. Now, Egypt during this time was, like, the most powerful country. They had the most wealth, everything. And so, like, they're, they're very powerful. And Joseph 
let's not forget, Joseph is a Hebrew. <laughs> um, Egyptians and Hebrews hate each other. <laughs> Joseph is promoted in all of these different situations in this foreign country to a, have a lot of power. So this is, I mean, this is like kind of miraculous, right? I mean, the fact that he was elevated in an Egyptian man's house, a military man's house, he was head prisoner in a place surrounded by powerful Egyptian men, and then he was promoted to second command over all, you know, that, that country. Second, <laughs> number two, vice president of the country where his culture is hated. <laughs> like, hated. <laughs> and, and so, I, I mean, what, could, what else could Joseph do besides give glory to God? I mean, like, what else could he do? Because... It wasn't because of him. It was God is the only reason he ended up there because every situation could have, at any point he could have been killed, at any point he could have been forgotten and, and, and ostracized and left out to die or anything. Anything could have happened at any point. But God, Joseph remained faithful, so God remained faithful, right? So what do you think? would happen to us in this room, the people in the city, this state, this country, this world, you know, if we shifted our perspective and started finding value in whatever's right in front of us. You know, I have a tendency to um, overthink things. <laughs> uh, I, I have a tendency to, you know, kind of carry the weight of the world on my shoulders, and it's this very cyclical thing that you know kind of keeps coming around and it's like okay when I'm when when I'm down you know I feel guilty that I'm not doing enough I'm not being a good enough Christian I'm you know not talking to people enough I'm not ministering enough I'm not being a good enough influence I'm not saying the right things whatever it is so I feel guilt about that and then I start doing those things and I start seeing you know, the needs that are needed. So it's like you start talking to people and you hear their stories. And you kind of start to take that on, right? You kind of start to take on other people's burdens sometimes. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I want to help. I, I, I want to I, I fix. I want to, you know, I love and I want to uh, help them get out of that situation that they're in. I want to give them hope. I want to give them love, all of these things. And so it gets heavy. It gets heavy. And you see on fa social media, you get caught up in, you know, uh, in the news and the horrible things that are going on, and you see the things in the city that are going on, and it's big. <laughs> it's a big, it's it's big problems, and it's like I can't do it all. I can't I can't do all. I'm ill-equipped. <laughs> I am I'm I'm not qualified. I'm not. Oh man, <laughs> it's too much. And so then you know it's like you step back. It's like okay. This, that's too much. I can't handle it. But then you feel guilty for not doing enough. And so it's like <laughs> this weird sort of thing. And so this horrible, like, circle, you, I guess, you know, I get stuck in. I don't know if anybody else does. But this, uh, this, this phrase that I titled my sermon is Bloom Where You're Planted. I heard this um, uh, from a friend of mine who's a writer, and it just, like, uh, for some reason it brought me so much peace because it's, like, instead of taking the world on my shoulders, why don't I just deal with right, what's right in front of me? Why don't I just 
you know, uh, find value in what's right in front of me if I, I don't have a spouse. But what if we found value in this and, and our spouse and our children and our house and the things that we've been given right now? Because Joseph found value in where he was at in that moment, right? He, he was sold in, as a slave. And, I mean, I don't, we don't know if he grumbled or complained or had a bad attitude. It doesn't, I mean, like, it doesn't seem like he did. It wasn't mentioned. But, I mean, he's sold as a slave. And he could have, you know, been consumed by revenge for his brothers. He could have con- be, been consumed by fear. He could have been consumed by anger towards just this horrible situation because he kind of, you know, he's been told all his life that, you know, God is faithful. God will help you. God will save you. God is with you. And yet he's <laughs> constantly in bad situation. He could have been, you know, justifiably had a, such a horrible attitude and been so, so angry at the world, right? But he didn't. <laughs> and uh, something I said in pre-service prayer, it's like, you know, just looking at Joseph's life and what he did and the things that he chose to do and the way that he chose to live his life, it's like, okay, we, we are capable. <laughs> so people are capable of being this way. So it's like encouraging to me because I'm like, okay, you don't have to be a mess. Like, your life doesn't have to be a mess or it doesn't have to continue to be a mess. You can do better. You can get better. You can get out of your different things and you can um, be prosperous where you are right now. I mean, so instead of, you know, instead of choosing to get swept away by greed or lust or revenge, anger, fear, Instead, choosing forgiveness, choosing grace, mercy, love, self-control, you know, the fruits of the Spirit. Choosing that instead of this, you know, these, these other things that just continue to weigh you down. And not to say that you can't feel emotions, right? But, you know, getting a hold of your actions, your choices, your thoughts. How powerful would that be if us in this room kind of shifted a little bit and just and did that instead? <laughs> I mean, how much influence would you have at your job if you if you did that? How much influence would you have in your household, and and how much positivity would come into your household into your life um, if we did that? If we decided every single day to do that? So think about. It. I mean, what if you went to work tomorrow and in Instead of approaching everything with anger and hate in your actions, what if you instead approach things with humbleness and kindness and grace? Do you think, you know, do you think you would find favor? And, and, and I know, like, my, you know, my, my mother kind of gets me. She's watching today. So my, I'm going to mention her. <laughs> um, my mother kind of gets down on, on this sort of, like, I'm going to do it, this millennial sort of way of thinking, and just let's love everybody, and she gets down on that, because she's, you know, can't, she is very much about obedience, and, and, and um, uh, integrity, and things like that, and 
absolutely. God is calling us to a higher standard of living. He's calling us to obedience. He's calling us to integrity. But also calls us to grace and calls us to love. And how many of you know how hard it is to love someone that doesn't deserve to be loved, that, do, that we think that, we, that doesn't deserve to be loved? How hard is it to extend forgiveness to, you know, a father who's abandoned you? How hard is it to extend forgiveness and love to a spouse who has cheated on you? How, oh, that's hard. <laughs> it's not easy. It, this, this, like, loving everybody, that's not the easy road. That's not the easy choice. It's the hard one. <laughs> it's easy to hate, right? It's hard to love. And that's, what's God, well, that's what God has called us to So, let's see if I can wrap up. Hmm. It's not weak <laughs> either. And Joseph had, you know, he was very, he was justified. He, or he would have been justified when he got to power in Egypt. His brothers came because there was a famine. His brothers came into the country begging for, not begging for food, but asking for food because they had a lot of it. And um, Joseph would have been very justified in just, like, not, you know, not just letting them starve. I mean, he could have denied them food. He could have been like, you did this to me, so I'm going to do this to you. You abandoned me. You sold me into slavery. You were going to kill me. So, no, I'm not going to give you food. <laughs> now that I'm in power, now you want to find favor? No. <laughs> you know, or he could have thrown them in jail, could have killed them. He could have beheaded them all. He had the power. He had the ring. He had the prominence. His word was, you know, the, the law, <laughs> basically. But let's look at what Genesis 50, 19 through 21. This is Joseph's response to his brothers. Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? Ooh. Let me read that again. <laughs> Am I God that I can punish you? <laughs> you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. <clears throat> I will continue to take care of you and your children. And he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. <laughs> that's powerful, you guys. That's powerful. I hope you didn't miss it, because it is powerful. To approach someone who has hurt you so deeply, to approach someone, family, <laughs> family that has betrayed you so um, deeply, to approach them with forgiveness and love, and not only that, but to provide a new home and to provide um, food in a, a situation where they were starving and destitute and all hope was lost. Joseph was literally their only lifeline. This famine had not, you know, this famine that came on Egypt went out past Egypt into other countries into the surrounding countries it was devastating and so lots of people came into Egypt for food and Joseph's brothers were one of them 
And Joseph ended up setting up his brothers, and he, he, he appealed to Pharaoh, <coughs> and he ended up setting them up in, in Egypt. He brought, his, he brought his father, he brought his, all of his brothers, his brothers' wives, all of their property, all of their belongings, all of their children, and gave them a safe place um, to call home. <laughs> that is... <laughs> For the horrible way that they treated him. And this is kind of why I said that Joseph was annoying earlier. <laughs> I mean, who does that? <laughs> who does that? I can't think of anybody. I don't know who does that. Because <laughs> um, we are so often seeing the negative response that people have. They, um, and we're seeing people being murdered or abused or forgotten or left behind or abandoned and left left to their own devices and yet <laughs> you know if someone would come along and you know speak kindness to them and speak love to their life how much would that change things we all want to have these responses. <laughs> we all want to think better. We all want to act better. And it's just so easy not to do those things. It's so easy to sit on Facebook and see the horrible things that people are doing and to respond. It's easy to type a message of anger or resentment or judgment <laughs> towards what people are doing. It's easy to do that because it's just two seconds, right? And they can't see my face. They don't know who I am. So thinking of what could happen if we took on the attitude of Joseph, applying forgiveness to the, th the co-worker that threw us under the bus to the boss, you know, and uh, incorporating kindness while waiting in those crazy lines at Walmart <laughs> or the drive-thru. <laughs> Uh, extending grace to our spouse when they didn't live up to our expectations and they let us down. I mean, what could happen? The possibilities are endless, right? Not to say that all your problems will be solved, <laughs> but maybe, just maybe, things might change. Maybe things might take a turn for the better. And, you know, and something that's really cool about Joseph is he didn't take on the religion of his new home. He didn't take on the belief systems that Egypt had. I mean, they, uh, they had thousands of gods that Joseph could follow. And he was second in command. And even his, you know, commanders and people underneath him knew Joseph's faith. He knew that he didn't follow all the other gods. They talked about it. They told other people about it, that this guy is different. He doesn't look like anybody else, much less he doesn't worship like anybody else. He doesn't act like anybody else. He's different. You know, he didn't take on, and Pharaoh didn't command him to. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's favor, right? That's favor. And that's powerful that God you know, opened those doors for him because Joseph was able to save the entire nation of Israel. <laughs> he saved his 12 brothers that eventually grew into the thousands and thousands of people that are known as the nation of Israel. And they would have all died if Joseph hadn't been in the position that he would have been in. 
Egypt, remember when I said Egyptians hated Hebrews, so what would have, the, what would have happened to his brothers if they came and appealed to Pharaoh? Uh, he would have gotten a big fat no. <laughs> no. <laughs> we hate you. We're not giving you our food. So Joseph never compromised. He never wavers in his faith. And I know that's daunting. <laughs> and I don't want to make you feel guilty if you have wavered in your faith. I'm preaching to myself. You know, I've wavered in my faith many times over my life. This is not a guilt trip. This is an encouragement that today things can be different. Today, moving forward, you are not defined by your past, you can, that you can learn from it, right? You can make different choices. You can have a different attitude. You can you know, just make a difference. <laughs> you can make a difference and even though you don't feel qualified, even though you might not always have the right words, you can make a difference. Just even in, you know, your kids' lives, you have a, a, whole, a whole realm of, a, you know, influence within your own house. Take advantage of that. <laughs> don't let it pass you by. <laughs> don't just get you know, your blinders on and just survive. Be intentional. God has given you things that you are meant to steward right now. Even if it's not what you expected, if it's not what you hoped for, it's still a gift, right? It's still given to you by God to manage well, to steward, to grow, to flourish, So yes, the, the, the phrase, you know, being uh, blooming where you're planted, being faithful with the things that God has given you right now, you know, and each of us are planted. I, I don't know if this is a few people in here know. I tried to plant tomatoes la this last year and it didn't go quite so well. And I, but I love plants. I love trees. Trees, like, speak to me, like, on a spiritual level for some reason. I don't know why. They're just so cool. And, like, throughout the Bible, you can see how plants are just are used by God. And the fruit of the Spirit, the tree of life, the, all these different things. And so I love plants. I appreciate them so much because they're so, you know, you can learn a lot. <laughs> and so we are all planted in all of these different situations, we could be transferring from one situation to another. You know, we're, in, we're planted in a house. We're planted in this job, whatever job it is. We're planted in this city. <laughs> and we're planted in a marriage. We're planted in a family. And some of these, you know, like I said, they might not be the greatest. <laughs> This job might not be what you wanted. This, you know, the spouse not might not have turned out how you liked. <laughs> you know, we always have, we all have these dreams, just like Joseph did when he was, you know, younger, and we have expectations for our life, and life can disappoint us. <laughs> life can let us down, um, or maybe you know you're feeling stuck or hopeless or forgotten. <laughs> but what if you took advantage of this? unfortunate situation you might find yourself in and tried to learn something just 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 a small little move towards something different wonder you know 
I wonder what would happen. Learning something new and doing something different, getting out of the, the, the maybe the, the situation that your family was in. Maybe, you know, you came from a broken home. It doesn't mean you have to have a broken home in your adult life. Just because you came from a, a, a you know, a, a drug-addicted parent doesn't mean you have to be drug-addicted. Just because you came from a rich family who was who did horrible things doesn't mean you have to do that, too. You can extend the grace of God into this world and be a light, and you can be different, and you can change the world, essentially, <laughs> by just being faithful with the small things that you have been given every single day. And something that uh, is really, really powerful that I want you guys to, you know, to kind of consider and think about, um, I heard uh, this guy giving his, <coughs> you know, giving talking about his life and giving kind of his testimony, and he, uh, he was talking about his job and that it it's very stressful, high, very high energy, lots going on, everything like that. And what he did was he was finding he was bringing that home with him. He had he, was a, he had a wife and like two or three kids. He was bringing his job home with him, basically. He was bringing his attitude, the frustration, the stress home with him, and it was just making for a very toxic environment. <laughs> So what he did, and actually Dale alluded to this a little bit during his thing, which I'm so grateful for. He paved the way for me. But what he decided to do was, was so wise. What he did was when he pulled into his driveway after work, he sat in his car for five minutes. He just sat there in the silence, and he redirected his thoughts. He redirected his heart, his attitude, whatever it was that had happened at work, he he left that behind, and he he got he in that time in his car he he changed his you know outlook to being okay very intentional of I'm walking into my house I'm greeting my wife I'm loving on my kids I'm going to help them with their homework I'm going to play with them I'm going to help my wife in dinner, I'm going to, you know, and it is these very intentional, he's very intentional about it, and he said, everything changed, everything changed, my marriage was in trouble, my kids weren't happy, but as soon as I made that change, oh, <laughs> his whole entire house changed, <laughs> and you know, that's the most important thing, right, that's, that's what you've been given, that's the most important thing to keep a hold of, and to value, and to cherish, and not let go go, so, applying that to all these different situations that you might find be approaching, you know, if you're in school, if you're um, whatever it is, just taking a few minutes, whatever attitude you're in, in that moment, if you're going into a new situation, just taking a minute and pausing, like Dale said, counting your blessings, whatever it might be to get you out of that negativity, out of that, um, anger out of that uh, fear, whatever it was, and approaching a new situation with love and grace and kindness and tenderness makes all the difference in the world. Because how many of you know that that's what God is looking for? <laughs> how many of you know that God can 
very much be angry with us. He could come at us and just grill and just uh, pour on us everything that we've, we've done wrong. Make us feel guilty, whatever it is. But he comes and he loves us. <laughs> he loves us. He treats us with kindness. He treats us with gentleness. Let's, why, why can't we do that for ourselves? Why can't we do that for our families? Because God's done it for us. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Joseph, I encourage you guys to go and, and read Joseph's story. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be inspired. <laughs> I know I was inspired by Joseph's story. There's so many different facets of, of his life that I could have brought before you today, but I just felt like his whole entire story had this thread of making, of, of, of like I said, blooming where you're planted, of making um, the most horrible situation the best situation and, and um, influencing and taking advantage and being intentional and being faithful <laughs> above all to what God has given you. Yeah, that's, um, that's all I have for you today. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> TD, thank you so much for you know, listening. I want to encourage you guys. Um, just thank you for being here, for being part of this, for what we're doing here. Um, and yeah, I'll turn it over to TD.